Brett Sharpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for March has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E-Fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. This week's episode is brought to you by HostGator.com, a premier web hosting provider. If you were looking to start a website, HostGator can help you get started with monthly hosting plans, one-click installs, and tons of other features that make getting your site up and running easy. If you're a more advanced user or a business, HostGator can take care of you with reseller plans, VPS, and dedicated servers. HostGator guarantees 99.9% uptime no matter your size or needs. If you're a WordPress user, you're going to love their one-click installs and optimized hosting platform. When you host with HostGator, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth. They have free site builder tools that are really easy to use, but if you find yourself needing any help, they have 24-7 support to ensure that everything is running smoothly. So head on over to HostGator.com to learn more. And when you decide to purchase, don't forget to use the coupon code DANSENTME and get 30% off of everything at HostGator.com. All right, my guest this week is Nick Honko, a med student with a background in technology and software engineering. How's it going, Nick? Oh, it's going well. Thanks for having me. So we're recording early in the morning. Early for me. It's a little bit later (laughs) for you. Yes. What time uh, is it there? It's it's just uh, 10 before 9 here. Oh, okay. Not too bad. No, I had to get up a little while ago because I hadn't prepped for this yet. But I'm prepped now. Good. <laughs> I uh, Thank you. I went to my first uh, Oscar party last night. Uh, I thought that might be it. And I threw $5 into a pool and checked off all the movies that I thought were going to win. And about uh, five items into the checklist, I realized I have only seen like two movies <laughs> that are actually up for awards. Which I, were the two? What did uh, you see? <laughs> um, one was... Uh, uh, oh, Despicable Me Too. Okay, sounds <laughs> and, good. And Twenty Feet from Stardom. Oh, what's that one? Oh my god, that one's uh, it's it's about backup singers. Oh, I did hear about that. And yeah, the uh, there's one point I probably mentioned this earlier in the podcast th- or like I think I remember this from a few episodes ago. Maybe that's where I heard it actually. But they solo the track, the backup track from "Gimme Shelter" by the Stones. Oh, cool. And it is just haunting. It's so good. Um, but they interview all the people that, you know, made rock and roll what it is by by being the blended background tracks. And it's just amazing. That's cool. Yeah. You and it won. About- it won, too. Oh, it did? Yeah. For oh, a I- documentary. Yeah, I, I saw, I did the quick Google, you know, and it pops up some of the winners. And I saw Gravity kind of cleaned house. Yeah, Gravity way. swept. Um but uh, and I guess gravity on a lot of them, even though I haven't seen it because I've heard all the chit chat about it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I might have had a few drinks too. So, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm jealous of you there. Yeah, I did yeah. nothing yesterday since, like you said, I'm a med student. I uh, I studied with my girlfriend, who's also a med student, until about uh, eight o'clock, and she stayed up studying till ten, and then I relaxed for a bit and hit the sack early. So. So when you get into like actual med school, yep. do, you, do you drink less? Uh, okay, some people probably drink more. I I'm so I'm 31 years old, and uh, 
I've done my fair share of drinking, I would say. Um, but I tried to approach med school sort of like a job and being, you know, peak performance or something. So uh, I drink much less. In fact, the way – so actually, let me back up. Can I explain how med school works sort of? Because I didn't know how this worked. Tell okay. me all about it. So um, I came from working and I got this idea in my head. Maybe I want to do medicine and kind of like feel more rewarded or something. So I looked into it and um, – you apply to med school, get in, and it's four years. In the first two years, your the majority of your time is spent just book studying and lectures and things. And one of the first things that really surprised me about med school was that um, almost nobody goes to class. And in the old days, they had these um, services you'd pay, note-taking services, and all the students, you know, in your little group of friends, you'd pay and uh, – you could either record it with a tape recorder, record the lecture or something, or someone would attend and take notes for you. And then instead of going to the lecture, you would just have this typed up set of notes. Uh, nowadays, you know, now that we're in the year 2014 and not in the Stone Ages, they actually uh, record all of our lectures digitally. So I can go online and uh, stream them. Although, uh, for some reason, still on Mac and OS 10, you can't. Uh, you can watch the lecture, but you can't speed them up or slow them down, which seems crazy to me. But uh, yeah, so you two can, years. You, you can on an iPhone, though. You can. So it's funny. They, it being like a sort of a proprietary system, what you do is you either log into the website, which requires Microsoft Silverlight of to course. watch the videos naturally, because, you know, that's the way things are moving these days towards Silverlight. Or, um, on the iPhone and iPad, there's an app, and you can speed things up and slow them down, but you can't download them. So the first thing anyone you know remotely technologically inclined does is subscribe to these videos as a video podcast, and then you download the video. And what I do is I use VLC to watch them, and then you can just hit you know Command Plus or Command Minus and speed them up and slow them down. Um, and the cool thing is, you know, as you can imagine, or if you remember back from uh, your college days, some lecturers are really good uh, and, you know, speak at a perfect pace for the way you learn and others are really slow. And then the worst kind are the ones that are really fast. So back when I took anatomy, you know, they'd pop up a PowerPoint slide with 20 labels of <laughs> nerves or something. And uh, they'd say, like, all right, and these are the 20 things you need to know here. And then click and next slide. So that's when you're pausing and slowing down and backing up. So I think it's a really neat system. Um, a lot of students, if you're coming straight from college, it seems really strange not to go to a lecture. But um, what uh, what movie was it where over the course of the semester, uh, by the end of it, everyone just had uh, little hand tape recorders on their desk? No one showed up anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. It's like real genius or something. I don't remember. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> probably something like that. It's probably a Val Kilmer movie. I'm sure. Okay, uh, so so nobody's going to class. No. Uh, I mean, some do, um, because some people can concentrate. I'm a little bit, uh, I have trouble concentrating for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Uh, but so you have two years of that. And um, like I said, it feels kind of strange at first, but uh, I remember first starting school here and uh, I talked to somebody and I said, you know, I, I just can't decide if I should go to class or not. And they said, well, this is not, don't think of this like high school or college. This is its own thing. And if you go to class and it works, 
cool. If you don't feel like going to class and you watch the lectures or read the notes, good for you. You know, you just have to find the thing that works. So um, it's pretty neat. Um, so do you have any, uh, when, w- do you get notes typed up then or is it all audio video? We get, so, uh, MUSC, the school I go to a few years ago, switched to what they call the block system. And so instead of having classes like, um, other schools might have a pathology class, anatomy class, microbiology class, we have themes that broadly cover like pathology and uh, diseases and things like that. Or another theme is patient care. So we cover uh, dealing with patients and kind of the real life situations of being a doctor, giving exams and things like that. And what we do is, and I, I think it's a pretty neat idea. Instead of having a test this week and two tests the next week, we divide the whole year up into six blocks and each block, like right now I'm in the middle of the neuro block um, so it'll cover like psychiatric problems. It'll cover uh, diseases within the brain. It'll cover, you know, if you get hit really hard in the head and start bleeding in your brain. And then at the end of this five or six week block, you'll have one big test that covers everything. Uh, and what they do is right when you finish that exam, after seven hours of testing, they give you a big uh, shrink wrapped printout of all the notes for all the lectures in the upcoming block wow. and then you can go online and download them too so it's kind of intimidating but it's nice because then you get that weekend off after that exam and that's when there might be a tiny tiny bit of drinking <laughs> you know. um well can i just say that i have neural blocks all the time oh really no that's a joke um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Okay, so you get all these notes. Uh, how do you how do you absorb them? How do you what what are your study techniques? Okay, um, well, there. So I'm almost two years in, and my study techniques change all the time. Still, which I know you probably shouldn't change a horse in midstream or whatever that saying is. Everything but, has to evolve. Yes. Uh, so what I do is uh, kind of goes back to when I, I used to live. I lived in Japan for a couple of years working, and I really wanted to learn Japanese. And, of course, it's kind of a hard language to learn. And I'd studied it in, uh, back in college. And I thought, you know, I'm pretty good. And then you get there and you realize you know, like, just how to say good morning and how are you <laughs> things. Um, so uh, when I was trying to study Japanese, I found this program called Anki. And it's a spaced repetition piece of software. And I didn't know what any of that meant. I just knew everyone studying Japanese seemed to use it. So I checked it out. And it's just flashcards. Um, and I'd use flashcards back in college. You know, you write out a shoebox full of cards for whatever class it is, and you cram them the night before, and then you forget everything and screw yourself on the final exam. Uh, what makes Anki really cool is, first of all, you can make cards. The cards are basically HTML. So now I use Markdown to write my cards out and then format them perfectly, and you can have pictures and audio and whatever you want. And it syncs to your iPad or iPhone or Android device, and it's on your uh, computer. It syncs to its own server. So if you don't have any of those near you, you can just log on. Uh, But you get these flashcards, and the first time you see a card, you can either say, okay, I didn't know the answer at all. Uh, It was hard, but I knew the answer. Or it was uh, easy. And so you go through, and as you're doing your flashcards for the day, the hard ones will come back to you sooner. So if I see something about this uh, brain stuff that I'm studying and it's really hard, I hit one and tomorrow I see the same card. 
something else might say like, uh, what's the organ that pumps blood? And you're like, oh, okay, it's heart. So that's easy. You hit four and it comes back a week later or a month later, or I know I've got cards in there up to like two years later now that <laughs> I'm supposed to see them. Um, so what I do is I watch these lectures or I go to the textbooks that we use and just make cards. I first, I try and learn the material. I try to understand what I'm making the cards about. And then I make cards and uh, then you end up with thousands upon thousands of flashcards. And it, it seems to work. Uh, a lot of the other students do the same thing, same software. And uh, so far, so good. I guess we'll see, you know, in uh, later this year when I take the first <laughs> step of the boards, which is a little nerve wracking. I bet. Well, that, yeah. sounds like, that sounds like a really smart technique having, uh, I think Anki refers to them as intelligent flashcards. Yes. And uh, yeah, flashcards to kind of learn. It's like studying with another person. Like I've seen techniques where, you know, the person holds up the flashcard. If you don't get it, it goes like earlier in the stack. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, it, it's like having a study partner that is uh, a computer, which is always smarter. <laughs> yes. And it's funny you talk about studying with a partner because my girlfriend is a twin and her and her sister went not, to college together. Not, not your twin. No. Okay. Thankfully, no. Uh, yeah, totally unrelated. Uh, yeah, but I am from South Carolina, so you never know. Oh, boy. I guess. Yikes. Um, so, uh, yeah, she has a twin. So they studied every class, every test, everything together and quizzed each other the same way. And she, when we first started med school, she was not a fan of the flashcard thing. And she used it basically to kind of cram all the material in. And then she would just let it lapse. And the key is you have to do these cards every day or else, you know, if I wait a week and open up Anki, there's thousands of cards that I have to do. Um, but she felt the same way. It's, it's basically like someone who knows your strengths and weaknesses kind of quizzing you. And it works fairly well. Um, I, I can't imagine just reading a page of notes and trying to cram that in my head. It just doesn't work for me. I'm not that smart. So Yeah, wh- when I was in college uh, at uh, a non-art school university, mm-hmm. I... I was actually really good at reading notes and I was really bad at going to lectures. Okay. Like even when I went, I don't learn anything from listening. Never, ever. Um, but, but yeah, I could read, I could read like my girlfriend's notes and, and absorb the material really quickly. Hmm. I never, I never did use flashcards. Uh, but then again, the stuff I was studying was more, uh, history, uh, and liberal arts kind of things that didn't have a lot of... It was more about understanding concepts and broad events. Okay, so you didn't have to memorize the right. nitty-gritty. Right, I didn't have to know dates. I didn't... Well, to to a certain extent, I had to understand timelines. Right, but it's it, all relative. They, they weren't things that made a lot of sense on flashcards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can see, especially in a, an environment like med school where there are a lot of facts, uh, that would be an awesome system. Yeah. And there are times when it doesn't work out uh, if it is something kind of like what you're talking about, where you're racking your brain. How do I even make a card on this topic? It's so kind of ephemeral or, you know, Um, but yeah, generally it works. And now if I go in and look at all the cards I've used, uh, I've probably done close to 200,000 flashcard reviews. (laughs) And and I still, I also have one other deck in there. They're all divided into decks. And I put one deck where it's just random things that I kind of want to remember. You know, like you're at a party and you want to throw out some obnoxious little fact. 
that's where those facts go in there so that I remember them or a quote or something. So it's fun to use. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and the other thing uh, with these flashcards is at least for a med school, you'll get a list and it'll say, you know, okay, if there's this, let's say it's some bacterial infection, you need to remember this symptom and this symptom and this symptom. And there's six things that you should remember so that if you ever see those six things pops right into your head, that it's maybe this problem. Um, something that took me a long time to really come to grips with was don't try and cram those six things in your head, come up with a really stupid mnemonic or some type of image that has nothing to do with the actual six items. You know, it could be uh, that you have to remember cough and fever and all these things. So maybe I'll try and remember uh, some, like, uh, something that rhymes with some of those items, or I'll come up with just uh, an acronym that means something dirty and filthy that I can't forget, <laughs> and then it can pop into your head. And that takes time because, you know, you're... Your impulse is, okay, type out 100 flashcards, do the 100 flashcards, do the next lecture. When really, if you slow down, learn the material, take time to come up with these crazy things that you can't forget, it seems to work better. Well, yeah, because the the act of creating the mnemonic uh, causes you to create extra connections in your mind. And oh, even, yeah. even if it's unrelated, it's it's like when you talk to someone and you take the time to write down after the conversation the important points. Mm-hmm. You may never look at that piece of paper where you wrote it down again, but the act of writing it down consciously creates those nodal connections that make it really easy to pull that information back up, at least for a limited time. So, yeah, I think that's that's really smart. I used mnemonics a lot when I was in school. Oh, really? Not so much anymore these days, but yeah, <laughs> the idea of like coming up with filthy words that, you know, it, it, coming up with acronyms especially was an oh, yeah. easy way for me to permanently remember those words without really ever having to review that again before the test. Yep. And I now I kind of swear by that sort of stuff. There's even uh, websites that have kind of popped up to provide not just mnemonics, but there's one called uh, Picmonic. And what it is is uh, all kinds of stuff that we might find on the first step of our boards. They create a little illustration with all these little silly things in there um, that prompt you. You just remember that picture and you remember that it's about, uh, let's say, something with the uh, lungs. Then you can remember all the little things happening in that picture and you can work backward and remember the facts that are kind of salient. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, how things get stuck in your brain and, you you know, you'll have facts pop up in your head just I'm sure the same thing happens to you daily life. Some quote from some movie will pop up into your head a lot, and you're like, why did that stick? And yet this other, you know, I had a meeting yesterday I completely forgot about. So Right. Well, rock rock lyrics and yep. and, and rock trivia, I, I'm never short on. And oh, I've yeah. always wondered, well, I used to wonder how I remembered that, and then I realized that it, it's mostly it's the music mm-hmm. itself. And I began learning how to hack that into actual like memory functions, but yeah, these are all, these are great tips. These are, uh, I, I hope we have some students listening today. Yeah, um, but yeah, let's take a break and talk about sponsors. And then I want to jump back and we'll talk a little bit about Japan and, and possibly 30 other countries. Cool. Um, our second sponsor today is text expander. 
uh, on one of my all-time favorites. Yes. It saves you time and effort by expanding short abbreviations into frequently used text and pictures, including fill-ins to customize your common responses, uh, which I assume could be used similarly to flashcards, although it helps you not have to remember things. <laughs> yes. And uh, you can save time and effort with Text Expander, whether it's simple email signatures or several paragraphs of standard response. You'll love how easy it is to use Text Expander to avoid typing the same thing over and over. You can make customized boilerplate re- re- replies fast and easy using fill-ins. Uh, these are like little dynamic uh, inputs that you can have pop up when you run a Text Expander snippet, and and then you can add dynamic information to it. Uh, recently, I discovered one of the things this I didn't discover the shell script functionality recently, but one of the things that Text Expander can do is run scripts inside of these snippets. And I figured out a way to have it automatically figure out, say, what the next Thursday from today is going to be and insert the date for that. Oh, that's cool. It is actually it, because I write uh, I write sponsorship posts for my blog and the mm-hmm. sponsorship posts always run at 6 a.m. on Thursday, but I rarely write them at 6 a.m. on Thursday. Naturally. So when it fills in the date for the post. It just figures out what the next upcoming Thursday is going to be and puts the correct date in automatically. I don't have to enter anything. Um, you can find those on my website. I'll link, uh, I'll link the, the dynamic date math post uh, in the show notes. Hmm. Um, but you can also sync snippets via Dropbox and use them on multiple devices with Text Expander Touch on iOS. Um, Text Expander is available from Smile for $34.95. And you can find a free demo at smilesoftware.com slash text expander. Uh, text expander touch is available on the app store for $4.95. And a list of supported apps is found at smilesoftware.com slash apps. Apps have to add their own implementation of the, uh, the SDK that smile provides, but all the, all the major text editors, all the big, uh, productivity apps, have uh, have taken that time, and there's a huge, huge array of apps that support Text Expander. Um, so a big thanks to Smile and to Text Expander for sponsoring Systematic today. Oh yeah, Text Expander. It's it's awesome that that's the sponsor because, and I hate to sound like I'm uh, doing advertising or something, but I use, I probably use it 200 times a day because even at the most basic level. I and a lot of my friends, we have to type a Greek letter or some crazy character, or I use a lot of the weird Unicode arrows and things. Yeah. And I use Text Expander to expand all that. Uh, so I use it all the time. I use it sometimes if I'm putting, uh, let's say I'm copy and pasting. You can have, I didn't know this until maybe a year ago, but you can have it so it, you know, it hits Command V for you and paste something, but you can also have it then, you know, act like it's pressing the arrow key and moving back, 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 back to where you'd want to type in something. And then from there, I found out, just use the fill-in. So I'll have a little, it pops up a little window. I can type the info I want, and then it surrounds it with all the other kind of boilerplate. So I love it. Use it every day. It actually has statistics built in, and I can tell you that (laughs) I I have saved 71 hours of typing. Okay. (laughs) That's incredible. It it is. Uh, once you get used to having it, it's really it's awkward not to have it. Yeah, mine says I've only saved seven hours, but that's because I just got a new computer not too long ago. Yeah, my stats have been running for quite some time. Yikes! Yeah, I've been using it. I don't know. I probably heard about it four or five years ago. I guess I don't know. Uh, but 
just one of those must-have things. So good stuff. Awesome. All right. So you mentioned Japan. You you travel a lot. Yes. For for, uh, for a thirty-one-year-old, you've been a lot of places. Oh, <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Some people have gone to every continent uh, and you know tens and tens of countries. But um, yeah, ever since when I was in college, I always wanted to go to Italy. And uh, this was back maybe in, it was 2003 uh, and some random fare popped up and it was like $250 round trip to go to Italy. And so I thought, I'm going, I have to go. I want to travel for once. I didn't have a passport or anything, but um, did that, got the passport, got some of my friends to go along and it was just kind of, you know, got the bug. Uh, so yeah, now I've traveled to, I think, 34 countries, something like that. And some of them hardly count, you know, because you... You uh, spend one day in a country, but you do get to check that off. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I love to travel. The funny thing was, I you know I lived in Japan for two years, and all that time I was right there in Asia, and I never left Japan. I never traveled anywhere in Asia at the time, so it's uh, kind of silly. But nice. I uh, I have not traveled extensively. I've been to every state in the U.S. Really? Been to Canada. Been to Mexico. Uh, I I think. Um, the Dominican Republic counts for something. Oh, that counts for um, sure. But that's about the extent of my my world travels, I think. Well, that's a lot. I mean, most people, you know, I'm in South Carolina. A lot of people have never been to the other side of the Mississippi or something. So yeah, well, I get. I'm, I understand the travel bug. It's it's. I I always want to see more of what's available. I just yep. haven't had the motivation to. I have a passport. I had to get it at one point, and I've kept renewing it. But cool. so, a, a big block for me with international travel is the cost. Right. So, how how have you managed to uh, affordably visit thirty four countries? Uh, so, the main way, and it sounds terribly sketchy, uh, but it's through credit card points. Um, and everybody knows you get a credit card and you spend a dollar and you get a point. But uh, I would say at least once a month, there's some offer that pops up and it's sign up for this credit card and you get 100,000 British Airways miles or you get 50,000 US Air miles. Um, and so I've just done that. Uh, I did the first big thing I did with points was I bought what they call a round the world ticket and you get, I think, 14 flights. And you have to keep going in one direction around the world, and uh, you'll eventually, you know, come back to start. And I did that for maybe two hundred and seventy-five thousand miles with American Airlines. Wow. And you have to pay taxes. So on fourteen flights, and it was business class. It was like a thousand dollars in taxes, but that's nothing compared to you know buying one flight normally going you know across the Atlantic or something. No, that's not bad at all, especially for business class. Yeah, it, that was a funny situation because it was like maybe I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was two hundred fifty thousand miles for economy, or two seventy five for business class. That's a no brainer. Yeah, um, absolutely. That was my, Especially on, on cross ocean flights. Oh yeah, um, it's funny. On that same trip, I used I, so I was traveling. That was right before I started med school, but after I quit my job at my last company, which was kind of a small systems engineering company here in Charleston. Um, I went for, I think it was 10 weeks or so and was traveling and trying to do a little bit of work while I traveled. But, you know, that, 
that goes. Um, but right in the middle of the trip, I told my girlfriend, like, oh, surprise, I'm going to fly you out to Bali. You don't have to pay anything because I'll use miles to get you a ticket. And so I arrived in Bali and I'd just flown some, like, you know, upstairs on a 747 where you're laying down basically. And I arrived rested. And it turns out her flight, it was like 30 hours to get there because sometimes with points, you know, when you're using miles, you don't get a choice of where you're going. So she flew like uh, Charleston to New York to Hamburg to Thailand to Bali. And so by the time she got there, she was just wasted. So oh, that would suck. it does pay to do a lot of research and do it early on before all the flights are booked up. But so yeah, we got but, but you you have, uh, I assume, not racked up massive credit card debt by doing this. No, that is certainly the danger. In fact, I've got. Well, do you ever use GroupMe for messaging? Okay. Well, GroupMe, it's incredibly addictive. Uh, You just make a chat room with your friends and you can chat or with people you work with or something. So I have a chat room going on with all my friends from middle school and elementary school. There's seven of us. And every time these offers come up, I say, hey, quick, get this chase card. You can get all these miles. And they'll say, no, we don't want to, you know, hurt our credit or apply for credit. And, uh, I can understand why they're wary because it's so easy if you have a big balance to just let that balance carry over and pay the minimum. And before you know it, you're, you know, kind of screwed You're It snowballs. So yeah. the key is just get the card. It's okay to keep it open. I mean, some places say keep the credit open. And I know probably a lot of the people listening know way more about this than I do. Um, um, but just don't carry a balance and be careful because some cards will say, oh, the first year we'll waive the you know annual fee and then it's $450 or something. Or so or, you, or you miss one payment after that uh, year and they, they back uh, charge you for all of the. Yeah, it's scary stuff. So, you know, I say they're free miles, but in reality it takes work and they can be very costly miles if you mess up. Yeah. Uh, well, I eschewed credit cards for years. Really? Um, I, 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 in my, my early days out of college, I, uh, in order to accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish, I used credit cards uh-huh. and I built up debt. I couldn't pay mm-hmm. and it ruined me. And so I got it paid off. I worked my butt off, paid off the credit cards and cut them all up. Five years later, I go in to, uh, take out a loan from the bank. And find out I have no credit because ah, yes. I have nothing on record showing that I, you know, took out uh, credit and then paid it off. And that's how you build a credit record. Yep. So I had to, at that point, get a credit card and start actually using it and paying it off. And it took about a year before I even had a credit score that could be used to get a loan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So So having credit cards is actually vital uh but carrying debt is actually extremely detrimental so it does take it takes some work it takes some planning and it takes some uh some responsibility that's that's for sure and it's just like you said even if you just let you know if you have four credit cards and you forget that one payment is due on a different date and you forget to pay it you know that hurts that's they can put you know a late they can show that you didn't pay on time on your credit right. report and then you get hit with the fees and then there's the late payment fee and all these things. So, so do you have flashcards for those? <laughs> no, I don't have flashcards for those, but there is a tip for that, which is if you have a city card and a chase and an Amex and all these things, you can call them and ask them to change your 
payment day to the same day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So a lot of people say like, okay, I just say every Sunday go through my accounts and pay them. Or you can just try and get everything organized so that, you know, the 10th of every month or the first of every month they got to pay. So you pay your rent or your mortgage and you pay your credit cards. And do, you use, do you use auto pay at all? I, I rarely use auto pay because I'm afraid that there'll be some mistake. I know it's, it's kind of an old school idea because it doesn't happen much anymore, but it I'm afraid does with that charter. Damn it. <laughs> like I'll get these, like they inject, if your bill's late, they, uh, they'll inject in your web browser, important news from charter. And I'll go in and oh. the, it'll say your, your payment's late. And then I'll go to pay and they'll say, are you sure you have auto pay set up? And, and then I just want to smack somebody. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to do things, but I just try and make sure I go in and look. Nice. Um, another thing that I try to tell my friends is that uh, you can sign up for something, and this is takes time, and it's kind of annoying, and if you're not like a money person, this might seem crazy, but you can sign up for what's called a Bluebird account, and it's kind of one of those prepaid credit cards like you see at the drugstore right at the checkout all the time. Sure. Um, and it's run by American Express. And what you do is you get this card and it comes in and it looks like a real American Express. It's got, you know, your name embossed in it, everything. Um, and that card can be used like a credit card if you want. Or you can go to their website and, and just send checks. So what you can then do is, let's say you have, uh, for me, my rent. Normally, I would pay my rent with a check, and that's it. It's like giving somebody cash. What this lets you do is reload your Bluebird with a credit card, so you get some points. You earn points that way with whatever credit card you're using. And then use the Bluebird to mail a check and pay your rent or pay your mortgage or pay your insurance. Or thankfully, I'm not in this situation, but I could pay tuition that way um, so that you're earning like you know 1% or 2% on it. And it, once you get it set up, it doesn't take any extra time, but – the initial setup can seem daunting if you're just looking at trying to make 1% on something. So so do you have like um, a preferred airline or do you go with whatever the credit card kind of dictates? Oh, well, uh, since I live, my family is from Charlotte and they're a U.S. air hub, which, you know, they merged with uh, or are in the process of merging with American. So I like U.S. air and American. I think U.S. air is kind of a terrible airline in general, but it's just <laughs> – it's the one we have, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Do you have like a medallion programs with US Air? Well, with the amount of travel you do? The, I actually don't have status. I don't think I have status with any airline because that's a lot of that is the people who are like consulting and they're flying yeah. like two times a week and they're paying for those tickets, whereas I rarely pay for the ticket. So, gotcha. Yeah, I traveled just enough to be close to a medallion status with Delta. Okay. But not ever get there. <laughs> Naturally. I can get like a couple hundred bucks off a ticket now and then, but never actually get to a point where they offer me upgrades and things. Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you ever do the thing where you try and ask for the upgrade? Yeah. And they say, first thing they say at Delta is, are you a silver medallion? And mm -hmm. I say, no. And they say, oh, no, we don't have any upgrades. Oh, uh, yes. I tried. Uh, a friend and I took a trip last year, and we both tried. And you go up to the desk, and, oh, uh, yeah, we can, certainly, we can upgrade you. And then, you know, I start getting excited, and they say, that will just be an extra $368 or something. I wish. Uh, okay. It's always like a, like a $1,000 upgrade when I can yeah. get it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's I don't even think it's worth it most of the time, but it depends on the flight, I guess. If I can if I will search and I will take red eye flights if it means I can get an affordable business or first class seat. Oh, that I guess that makes sense because then you can actually sleep on it, right? Yeah, and my knees are just long enough and just in bad enough condition that an economy seat on anything over about two and a half hours oh. kills me. Like I, you, I'm in so much pain. Are you tall? No, I'm I'm like six feet. But I did a lot of mountain biking, and I did a lot of uh, uh, running and walking as a younger person, and now my knees are just shot. Oh. Uh, and and if I don't have the room to flex them, like to full extension, mm-hmm. uh, probably every 20, 30 minutes, they just start aching, and it's just searing pain. Oh, gosh. It's a nightmare. So, I guess so it costs me a lot. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I try to get aisle seats so I can get up and make frequent walks to the back of the plane. And um, but I do. I, my last few flights have all been first class because I've found relatively affordable tickets yeah. uh, flying at odd times and taking layovers where necessary. And so, do you use? Will you go to like a kayak dot com or something like that? How do you find your flights? I generally, uh, well, up until recently, I always used uh, Concur through my company. And Concur does a great job of comparing flights by price and listing them all. Um, I've used Kayak, and uh, there's another one that has something to do with snow. Um, But uh, generally, I end up just going to Delta's website and just manually searching through, because I want to use Delta and try to keep my points in the same place. So, yeah, I'm I'm probably not the smartest uh, airfare shopper. Well, no, if if that's the program you're using, you know, that's, they advertise, they'll say, you know, we, it's guaranteed to be the lowest fare if you search directly through us. So yeah. it's when you don't care who you fly and you end up flying two different carriers or something like that, or if you're using points. Um, yeah. You yeah. just got back from San Francisco, I think, right? Yep. And I'll be back there again in a month. Oh, very cool. It's all work stuff. Or do you go for vacation there sometimes? I actually have been there for vacation. Uh, but I was there. That was my vacation destination because I had like three hours of studio time I needed to put in. Okay. At at uh, at Peach Pit, and so I planned a four day vacation with a little three hour break in it. Um, it given the opportunity, I probably would have at, at least gone to like Southern California because <laughs> yeah. it was January and oh, it was it was San Francisco was fifty degrees warmer than home, but still like like 30s and 40s oh god what's the weather like now back uh, where you are uh right now it is negative nine degrees <laughs> oh god and it's going to warm up later this week uh but warming up in minnesota in the winter means snow so it'll warm up thursday and we'll get four inches of snow and just as we shovel out it'll be back down to about negative 10 i can't imagine i've never been in weather like that i don't mind it I kind of like it. I can, we got, I think at in early February, we got less than an inch of snow and uh, the hospital was closed for four days. Yeah. Well, it's, it closed in, for it's two infrastructure. Days. Yep. That's exactly what it is. We have bridges because it's Charleston. So we're right on the water and there are two bridges and one of them closes instantly when it's like that. Yeah. Well, and, and here in Minnesota, especially up in Minneapolis, we have plows. We, you know, we watch the weather reports, mm-hmm. which 
apparently Georgia and places like that don't. <laughs> um, and we, our streets are salted before the, the snow comes. There are ah. plows out as soon as there's an inch of accumulation. And we have enough plows to just keep the city running. And places that don't get regular snow, don't they're not prepared. So yep. I understand how two inches of snow shuts down major cities. Oh, yeah. It was funny. That day I went to the grocery store without thinking uh, when they had forecast all that. And it had just started kind of, you know, just a little bit of snow was falling. And I went to get some ice cream. And so I'm in line holding my thing of ice cream with it snowing outside. And everyone there is getting the gallons of water and milk and all the bread and everything. The lines were backed up all the way into the aisles and stuff. And I thought, no, oh, this is crazy. There's enough snow in the backyard that there are points where my pit bull has to swim like a dolphin. <laughs> like it's, it's up to her shoulders and she has to like leap through it. Oh, gosh. Plus, yeah, you can't have your dogs out for very long in this weather, so you have to like sit and watch them and bring them in within five minutes, or there's frostbite on paws and whatnot. Can't you? Can you put like a little, uh, you know, like doggy clothing on them? Or oh something? yeah, yeah. Emma gets all dressed up. She gets <laughs> she gets booties and a fur coat, a faux fur coat, and a hat, and she looks very sporty. But she doesn't love the uh, the process of getting in them. Oh, geez. But she enjoys running outside. That's the only way we can go for walks in the winter is to get her all dressed up. Because if you're on the road, you're getting salt packed into your paws. If you're oh. off, you know, if you're off on trails, you're getting ice packed in between your, your toes. If you're a dog, I mean. And so <laughs> without the boots and without the body warmth, yeah, pit bulls are not designed for Minnesota. Our shepherd, our German shepherd, on the other hand, he loves it. He can go oh, for it. Go that. for her an hour without worrying about him. Anyway. So when does all this melt? When does it? Oh, uh, well, last year it snowed until uh, May, oh, God. but it did melt in between. But then we got like a 30 inch dump in May. I can't imagine. Yeah, that was horrible. I May should be warm. Even yeah. in Minnesota, that was not fair. Yeah, I not think fair. yesterday it was 75 here, a high Shut of 75. Up. Shut so. up. Now, the only thing is it's that's, that's great. You know, you walk outside and it's awesome. But then July comes and it's, you know, 100% humidity and 100 degrees and you're just miserable. You want to know I, you want to know the sad part? What's that? That's Minnesota summer too. Really? Yeah, 100% humidity. Oh. Uh 95 to 105 degrees. <laughs> like we get we we don't get a break. No kidding. That's why we have houses with good heating and good air conditioning. Yes. Yeah, I I remember when I first moved to Charleston and I went in a building in the morning and I came out in the afternoon and you could just breathe in that. It almost feels like you're breathing steam. Yep. I, I couldn't believe it. You have to swim between buildings. Yeah, basically. And uh, change clothes like twice a day if you don't want to look like uh, you've been out hiking or something. Yeah. In Minnesota, you get away with a lot more pit stains and uh, people are well, just like, yeah, that's life. You become a med student, and uh, I just sit at home all day and wear my. Uh, I wear probably the same four kind of sets of exercise clothes every day, and so my neighbors are always saying, "Oh, you going to work out?" <laughs> nope, just uh, sitting at the computer. Sounds or like at the computer. sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, the joys of working from home. All right. So speaking of money and credit cards and bills, yes, it's tax time, and if you're not using Fresh Books, your life is probably a mess right now. <laughs> Tell me if this sounds right. You're hunting for receipts, digging through invoices, going through every record one by one, and it's the worst. Does that sound right? That sounds kind of familiar to me. 
<laughs> FreshBooks is the simple cloud accounting solution that makes tax time a breeze. With FreshBooks, you can create professional-looking invoices, capture and track expenses, and get real-time business reports with just a couple of clicks. Plus, you can work from anywhere with FreshBooks mobile apps for your phone and your tablet. I wish I'd known about FreshBooks when I was starting out as a freelancer. It could have saved me a lot of headaches. So the sooner you start using FreshBooks, the sooner you can start focusing on the work you love uh, and not your paperwork. For a limited time, you can try FreshBooks free for 60 days. To get started, visit GetFreshBooks.com and enter Systematic in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Uh, FreshBook is giving listeners an extended 60-day free trial to make tax time a breeze. So go to GetFreshBooks.com and enter Systematic and when uh, <laughs> enter Systematic in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. So a big thanks to FreshBooks for supporting 5x5 and Systematic. All right, top Good three stuff. picks. Three picks. All right, so do I get to go first here? Of course. All right, so since we've been talking about travel and school and studying, I'm going to pick something completely random, and it's an application called DxO Optics Pro. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. Okay, yeah, everybody knows Lightroom and Aperture and those kind of photo, like pro photo manipulation tools. I don't know what you call them because I'm not a photographer. Um, and this is kind of like that, except DxO, I, my impression is they they started off by testing cameras. So what they do is they have this suite of tests that they'll do with different camera bodies and different lenses. And it's like every camera you can imagine from the iPhone 4S to like a Canon 5D Mark III with a hundred different lenses or something. And they come up with all of this data that they can use so that when you throw in one of your photos into this application, they can apply all the perfect tweaks to make your image look just amazing. You know, sometimes you'll get that, uh, like the out, the perimeter of your photo will be kind of darkened. Yeah. It can correct for that. And, uh, yeah, it's just super cool. Nice. Do you, are you, are you, I know you've talked about Flickr and things like that, but what, are you like a camera person or are you just snapping I, a lot? with? Your I own? was for years. I had some nice uh, all the way back to film. Uh, I've always oh. had decent cameras. But uh, for almost a year now, uh, I've been like iPhone 5 camera only. I haven't pulled out. Oh. I have a nice like Sony Alpha and I haven't used it at all. Yep. Well, it's like they say that, you know, the best camera is the one you have with you. Exactly. Or, exactly. Yep. And I don't I don't love carrying a camera. Oh, yeah. I don't like looking like a tourist. I don't like, I, I'm, and I'm not a photographer, mm-hmm. you know, per se. I take some decent pictures. I think everyone gets a decent picture now and then, but yeah. But I've been, I do I, have, you know, I do have like all these photos that could use touch up. So this is not out of the question for me at all. No, it's, it's really cool. You can try a free, you know, free trial, 30 days or something like that. Where this is really awesome is if you shoot RAW or, you know, JPEG and RAW. So you can do something with the JPEG in the short term. But you throw the RAWs in and it applies all these corrections. And then you can, I mean, it's just amazing to me. So I've, I've thousands upon thousands of photos. And I'm not a good photographer by any means. And I kind of don't know what I'm doing. But I just do the uh, shoot as many photos as you can. And one of them will probably be good enough kind of uh, strategy. Uh, and this can do, you can take a raw and 
it can do all this uh, noise reduction. And there's one type of noise reduction it does. I don't remember what it's called exactly, but for one photo, for me on my little Mac, it takes like seven minutes to apply this noise reduction, but it's incredible. And it's because they have all the data from their lens testing and sure. all of that stuff. So it works with JPEGs like from the iPhone. It can do some neat stuff, especially if there's weird distortion. But where it's just, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I took, uh, I had one of my Japanese friends visiting over Christmas and we went, um, uh, just sightseeing. And of course, Charleston's big sightseeing town. So we had all these photos and I noticed a lot of them were not that they were crooked, but they were just taken from sort of a funny perspective, like at a weird angle. And you can throw this in there and you just, uh, highlight a couple of the lines that should be parallel and it'll adjust the perspective. Um, and I know Lightroom does a lot of this stuff, but for me, because I don't know everything about adjusting levels and stuff like that. This is just quicker. seems quicker and easier. Lightroom, I bet maybe it's more powerful in some ways, but you need to know what you're doing. And I'd prefer to just take a thousand photos, get, you know, 10 good ones and then have them look awesome. So DX Optics Pro. And it looks like it's 160. Is that right? I think it's, it's sometimes it's on sale. I think it's 169 uh, right now. I'm looking at it and Another neat thing, and I know probably most people listening are not Windows users, but if you're a Windows user and a Mac user, that license, you can install it on your Windows computer and your Mac computer. So That's nice. Nice. It's nice because I have, well, up until recently, I had a MacBook Air, which was perfect for almost everything I do, but anemic for photo editing. And then I have this little kind of home theater PC that actually has a discrete graphics card in it, and I load DxO on that, and it can do all the hard work of analyzing my photos and fixing them and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice. cool stuff. Nice. That's so what looks, you got. That looks good. I, my first pick is Outread. It's, oh. um, it's uh, a speed reading app for iOS okay. that instead of, I mean, I've used a few that, that flash one word at a time at you. Yep, I think that's you the said, one. yeah. Um, but it's really easy to lose uh, retention with those because you can't, you can't scan back, which is an important part of speed reading, mm-hmm. is the ability to kind of scan across a block of text yeah. and get comprehension without having to read one word at a time. And what Outread does is you can set the speed you want to read at, and it will highlight chunks of text uh, within sentences and across sentences that you can read as you know shapes, the way that we recognize words. Okay, and, I'm uh, looking at it now. Yeah. And it'll it'll let you read ahead a little bit, but you can still read back. And so you can kind of do the Z pattern as you read. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll guide you through that. And you can set a reading speed and everything. And for $4.99, it, it interfaces with all the like read it later services and you can load articles into it and uh and just quickly like for me it's almost I like practicing speed reading as much mm-hmm. as I like actually reading the articles. <laughs> see how fast you can go yeah yeah I, I, ever since i was a kid i've been fascinated with the idea of speed reading and i used to practice oh, yeah. a lot and read a lot about it but this is a it's a great app for just getting through your news and all your uh all the articles you didn't have time to read you can sit down and get through them way faster it's pretty cool yeah i'm looking at it it seems really neat i've tried the ones like you were talking about where it just flashes one word or two words at a time and which I works like yeah, yeah it works but yeah, it's like you said, if you get even a tiny bit distracted, 
you, before you know it, you have to stop and go back and figure out where you were and things like that. So this is exactly. cool and uh, not bad. All right. So what's your number two? All right. Uh, so I'm going to go with a piece of luggage. So this is going to be probably the most exciting list of picks yet. Um, uh, there's a company called Tom Bin. Have you ever heard of them? Absolutely. Good okay, stuff. I, yeah, they. I had read about them, you know, these websites. If anybody's talking about like travel hacking, they always mention these Tom Bin bags and things. And I finally bought one called the Aeronaut. And it's they advertise it as the, the maximum size carry-on bag. Um, and it doesn't have wheels. It doesn't have a handle uh, because those things take up space and take up weight. It's just a really well thought out, well made uh, kind of duffel bag sort of thing. It's got backpack straps that you can kind of uh, unzip and attach if you want, but you don't have to. And um, yeah, Tom Ben, I guess they warranty everything forever, maybe. I'm not sure I shouldn't say that. Uh, so put a little asterisk there. But uh, They've just thought everything out. So in the aeronaut, you can kind of open up that main compartment and it's got um, the little straps where you can strap things down, you know, like you would with your dress shirt or something. But they make for that main compartment perfectly sized little packing cubes. So you get the cubes. And what I do when I travel is, uh, you know, when I start out a trip, my bag's half full. And uh, I strap those cubes in and one cube will be for dirty clothes and one will be for, you know, like underwear or something like that. Uh, And then they make cubes for the sides of the bag where you can put your extra pair of shoes or flip flops if you need something like that or your toiletries. It's just that everything, everything is is, uh, perfectly thought out. And so... uh, one of the other things, and it, this seems kind of silly, but they make a packing cube, and it's all made out of this really thin, I guess, nylon, and it's lightweight. But they make a one of the packing cubes is actually a backpack, and it's not a very good backpack. It's not very comfortable. It's pretty ugly, but it uh, it's great. So if you just want to run from your hotel like down to what I do is like go to a little store and get some snacks and things. Boom, sure. grab this little packing cube backpack. It's perfect. Nice. So, man, I've loved this thing. That sounds yeah. really cool. The, yeah. the the compartmentalization would be really handy, exactly. especially for dirty clothes, because I never plan ahead and bring like a bag for dirty clothes. <laughs> I always end up like just this half of my suitcase is dirty and this half is clean. And yeah, it's kind of weird. You forget which is which or something. Or you so. just leave them on the floor and housekeeping folds them. And then you feel really weird because you had housekeeping <laughs> folding your dirty underwear and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you, are you the kind of person, if you stay in a hotel, you'll actually use the dresser and things? Or no. you keep everything? Yeah, I keep I everything never, in the suitcase. Yeah, it seems weird like, to you, use I would I have know. to be there for a while to yeah. want to unpack yeah. and repack. and Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tom Ben, this, I have one of their smaller bags, and it, I haven't traveled with it much, but it's even got more little things that you wish you'd, you know, every bag had thought of. Like, they have one pocket where you unzip it. And you can stuff something in there, or as you unzip it, it becomes just big enough to stuff your water bottle in there. And so that it fits your water bottle, like when you're sitting at the terminal or something. Yeah. And yeah, it's just super well thought out stuff. Um, nice. Yep. All right. All right. My second pick is a new app for Mac. Okay. It's, uh, it's called Torpedo, and it is for short-term file sharing. Uh, it sits up in your menu bar like Dropler would, 
and you drag files to it, and it pops up a little uh, question that says uh, one time or two days. And you can send a file to somebody that the first time they download it, the page just disappears. There's no more link and the file is, is gone. So uh-huh. it, so you can, if you have something kind of uh, uh, private or just that only needs one download, you can send that and not have to worry about it existing on the web any, you know, anymore after that. If you choose the two day option, you can, you can send out a link to like, say you had like a special promo offer. Mm-hmm. You can send out this link and after two days, it just automatically disappears. So you don't have to worry about ending coupons and, and, uh, removing downloads and things. And right now it's free. Oh, and I'm not sure how long that will last, but use torpedo.com. You can grab the Mac app for free and sign up for an account for free. And I don't know. If there are any limits on that yet, all I know is I haven't paid a dime and it's working great. Hmm. Oh, so, that looks very cool. Yeah. Now, is there any type of password or anything, or is it nope. just nope, just okay. time time limits? Okay. Oh, that seems very cool. Yeah. Sometimes I find uh, there's like it, it, it's not that I care about security or it expiring. I just don't want something out there forever. Right. So if I want to send a file to somebody, it's nice that they get it and then don't have to worry about it. You know, forget it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you know, like I use Dropler a lot. I oh, love, yeah. I, I love Dropler, but there's so many files in my Dropler account that a lot of times if I want to send something that I sent previously, it takes me forever to find it. Oh. Um, so having the ability to expire links that you know, aren't going to matter. Yep. It's, exactly. it's perfect. That's cool. Yeah. I think I, I've heard of Dropler through you, and you posted some video. I forget what it was, but it had dilated peoples as like the <laughs> music finder. I thought, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it was it was the one where I figured out that in Mavericks you can, when you're pinching out on your trackpad with a four finger pinch out, mm-hmm. you can stop part oh. way, <laughs> so you can like scratch your windows. So oh. I used dilated peoples with a with a great scratch track on it. That was perfect. Thanks, well done. Thanks. What do you use for your screen recording? Always um, ScreenFlow. I okay. love ScreenFlow. Yeah, I think I got uh, something else in one of those bundles of apps that you, you know. Yeah, there, there are a lot available, but I, yeah. lo- I love ScreenFlow because it records every window, full screen, full resolution, and then you can go back through and say, highlight this foreground window, ah. you know, and like you can crop and zoom all over the screen manually. That's cool. So you have a lot more control than you do with like screen capture programs that the window follows your mouse or whatever. Yeah. 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 I tried making one for these flashcards. I made a little screencast and I just used one of the kinds where you can select part of your screen, you know, to capture. I didn't want all my stuff on the screen captured. So I did that. And then before I knew it, the window had moved and the whole thing was just screwed up. So yeah, that's 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 exactly what I love about ScreenFlow. But anyway, all Your right. third pick? Yes. So I am picking something that I, I'm positive you've talked about a number of times, which is key remap for MacBook. Yeah. Or, uh, I know you've blogged about it too, but I'm picking a specific option in there that I I've, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about. And I just found it randomly one day a couple of years ago while playing with all the options. And it's called V Simultaneous VI Mode. Uh, so if anybody's familiar with the VI or Vim or maybe even Pico, I guess, any of those kind of terminal 
text editors that I should probably stop talking about because I don't know much about. <laughs> um, you move the cursor with the J, K, L, and semicolon keys. So it's, uh, it's I have to think about Actually, I have to put my hand on the keyboard. Uh, yeah, so J is up, K and L are left and right, and semicolon is down. No, um, no. H, H and L, H and L are left oh, and right. Oh, hey, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. See, I shouldn't be talking. Of course, about this. I've right. used this how many years? And I don't know the case. <laughs> well, because it becomes second nature. You know, it's your exactly. home row, and and yeah, I actually use the SD mode. Really? Yeah, and then you can add a mode to it where your F key turns on function, so that your H J K L keys actually become page up, page down, home and end. Oh, see, I just use. I'll just hold down command or if I need to option or whatever to do that. There's also a mode where you can hit the right command key on your keyboard and it'll just go into VI mode. And like it has even more keys available that I think I tried that one. It gets annoying because it's really easy to trigger accidentally. So I actually turned it off and SD is, is my new, my new favorite. Yes. So we should maybe explain a little bit, but all you do is, Hold down the S key and the D key at the same time, and you can move the cursor with HJKL, not whatever I was talking about. <laughs> uh, and it sounds silly because it's literally two inches away from the actual arrow keys on your keyboard. Oh, I hate moving over to the arrow keys. Though. Oh, this is, it saved me probably as much time as Text Expander. Yeah. Uh, because once you force yourself to do it and it just gets programmed into you, you can start manipulating text. Like, because I do, I type everything in TextMate, and then I'll use something like your app marked or system services and things to change it from Markdown to HTML, and then copy it and you know tab back and forth. And once you use this, it's just a life changer. Well, even outside of text, though, like in LaunchBar, for example. Oh yeah. Using arrow keys, I mean, you can use Control N and Control P in LaunchBar, mm-hmm. but to be able to go left and right into yep. like submenus, just hold down SD and hit L. You know, and you drill down and even in Finder, when you want to just move through files in like list view, just SD and just yep. start Jing down through the files. It's I love it. Oh, yeah. I notice in launch bar, I don't like a lot of times I can't get to the folder I want just by typing the folder name. So I'll right. just type like desktop and then I just use SD and then I'll use you know the left arrow key and go left and then I'll go recurse through the file system that way. And it's. When someone watches me use the computer, they think it's ridiculous. But once you use it, you just can't go back. It's it's my biggest tip that almost no one will ever follow because they think it's crazy. But I'm with you. That and you're not crazy. The hyper key that you talk about, isn't it? Aren't don't you call it the hyper? Yeah. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. then just learn your uh, learn using option and command and shift when you're manipulating text, and so you can grab words or entire lines and things like that. Definitely. I, I even have custom key bindings that let me use the equivalent of option arrows, but mm-hmm. but left and right. Oh, okay. So if I have a word selected and I want two words before it and three words after it, <sighs> I just nice. modify it with the control key. That's cool. Yeah. Again, Some, again, stuff most people think is crazy, but. Yeah. It's one of those things where ease of use over, you know absolute capabilities you get from it i suppose yeah. so some people want a one button mouse but here i am talking about holding down five keys at once so yes it's cool stuff that and uh yeah, yeah. keyboard map for macbook and using that uh what's the other one called P- pc keyboard hack pc keyboard hack yep awesome stuff i used to i do some 
kind of freelance copy editing for a magazine. Well, it's a trade journal that talk about exciting. It's just about uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning equipment, industrial equipment mostly. Uh, and when I first started doing that, there were so many things that I was using the mouse for that I found like if there were just some easier way to do it, because you're fixing a typo or throwing in a comma or deleting a sentence and typing in a sentence real fast. And that's when I learned just, you know, the keyboard is your friend. I can't remember what app I was in the other day, but I think, uh, no, I got to find it again because you could trigger the, um, the context menu with a keyboard stroke. So you could highlight text with the keyboard mm-hmm. and then hit a keyboard stroke and the context ah. menu, like the right click menu would pop up and you could arrow down through that and do like use services and stuff on it. That's cool. I'll have to find now, that. Do again. you ever use the, uh, the command shift slash so you can search through menu items all the time? Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's another thing I'm surprised more people don't use. That's there are a couple things that I can't get over when I'm going back to using windows and it's this simultaneous VI mode and being able to search through the menu like that. Such a time saver. Yeah, there, if you go into like the accessibility preferences, mm-hmm. there are actually shortcut keys for getting to just about every interface item. Mm-hmm. Like you can focus the dock, you can focus the menu bar, uh, you can focus like obviously command shift question mark or command shift slash gives you like quick search and that's the fastest way. Yeah, but you can even access the Apple menu with the keyboard. <laughs> oh, makes sense. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, there's so many cool things like that speaking of cool things all right my third pick is a new app called emulsio and it's for iphone and there there are a few apps right now that will do image stabilization while you shoot video yep emulsio does it in post it'll analyze your video give you lots of options uh for like how much tilt it'll apply how much uh uh curvature all of these things and you can you can edit different sections of your video differently and it's a great way to take video that you shot quickly in the middle of like someone's performance and then turn it into something that does not look like you were holding a phone up above your head trying to catch something okay does is this kind of like how uh iMovie can do that yeah okay yeah that's uh it's a nice it's a little uh you can try it for free it'll give you 30 seconds uh to play with Right. And then uh, for a buck ninety nine, you can unlock the app and get the pro pack. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks like it has a ton of different little things it can do. Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. That's neat. Yeah, I think I find that I spend way more time playing with my photos and videos than I do actually taking the photos and videos. So anything that speeds that up and is really impressive, I love. Definitely. Very cool. All right. Well, that brings us to our last sponsor today. Uh, which is Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and 1 million video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. You can choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or a mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock.com, you'll find something new because they add 20,000 new images every single day and 12,000 videos every week. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. 
You can download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also use their iPad app to do this. Then there's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for trade shows, then get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips should you need any of those. And if you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions, and they have 24-hour support during the week. So sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. And when you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME314 and get 25% off of any package you put together over at Shutterstock.com. All right. Well, Nick, you can be found at nhonko on Twitter. Yep. And that's, that's your primary, uh, that, that's where you want people to go, right? Yeah, please uh, feel free to contact me. If you look at my uh, all my tweets, there's probably 20 in all because <laughs> I am a, a notorious lurker. So I read all these things uh, and I never say anything. So all right. please contact me in Honko. So you're not too busy to reply. On Twitter, no. I mean, uh, you obviously <laughs> keep a lot going on on the side, but yeah. Well, especially if there's anybody listening who's a med medical student, I'd I'd be really curious to hear about like their experience and things because it's fun to talk to other people interested in technology, uh, All right. and medicine, healthcare stuff like that. So awesome. So N Honko on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I am TT Scoff everywhere. Twitter app that now last up on whatever you want. And uh, and I blog at brettterpstra.com. And you can find all of the systematic show links at brettterpstra.com slash syslinks. And, uh, and then I do have the audio drop set up. So anyone wants to say hi, maybe be on the show, uh, drop a recording uh, two to five minutes, just introducing yourself at uh, brettterpstra.com slash audio drop. And that was Systematic Episode 86 with Nick Honko. Thanks for being here, Nick. Thanks for having me. Good time. And we'll talk to everybody in one week. Thanks for listening.